0: Hey, everybody. TalkingBook.pub is a nonprofit audiobook publisher of independent literature. We are located in Asheville, North Carolina. And because we are a nonprofit, uh, donations and help from people like you who love these books and love these recordings really helps a lot. So if you want to get involved, donate to our Patreon, uh, patreon.com talkingbook, or go to our website, talkingbook.pub, and read about our mission. Send us an email, give us a call, whatever you want to do. But enjoy the episode. Thank you. Hey everybody, Chris Hart from here, Talking Book Podcast, episode 17, I think. Um, So recently Dave and I, Dave who is the sound engineer and production master of Talking Book, uh, he and I went on 103.3 Asheville FM on a show called Wordplay. It's hosted by Jeff Davis and Lockie Hunter. Uh, It was really fun. On the show, you know, they always have writers and poets and stuff like that, either reading or talking about writing, but they had us on talking about Talking Book because um, it's a non-profit uh, literary audiobook publisher of independent literature. So, uh, yeah, so they had us on and we had a great time talking about everything. We even played some excerpts from uh, Scott McClanahan's book, The Sarah Book, Nicole Brown, Fanny Says, Clarice Lispector, Near to the Wild Heart. Um, but yeah, it was awesome. So I'm going to play you this episode because it's cool. You're listening to the radio on a podcast. Yeah.
1: Sunday afternoon and time once again for Wordplay. I'm your host, Jeff Davis. Joining me in the studio today, of course, co-producer, Lucky Hunter. Lucky, how are you today? What'd you do to your
2: foot? <laughs> I, I may have broken it. Well, I know I broke it. I, I fractured it in, in three places yesterday.
1: You're a crazy person. Yeah, I know. So I'm hobbling around <laughs> on crutches in the rain, which is less than ideal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not optimum.
2: Not optimum, exactly. <laughs> uh, but I've discovered a wealth of um, generous people in Asheville last night at Asheville Pizza and Brewing Company. Uh-huh. I couldn't do things and so people were delivering beers to the movie theater for me and awesome. doing all sorts of things Excellent. so it's Excellent. a fine community
1: it is very helpful it is. yeah yeah <laughs> and who are our guests today they were kind of familiar they,
2: they, they do um today we have we're featuring talking book and talking book is a non-profit audiobook publishing house located right here in the misty mountains of Asheville, and it is their continued hope to record and publish awesome trailblazing literary works by innovative writers from independent publishers, and in house with us today, we have two reps from Talking Book. We have Chris Hartman, who's the publisher. Welcome, Chris. Hey, thanks so much. Hi. And we also have David Burr, head of production, and they are both here in the studio with us today. Awesome. So, hey, thanks welcome, for having David. us, guys. Thanks yeah. so much. Great to be yeah. here.
1: Yeah, y- y'all do really interesting work. What led you? What what got you into this?
0: Oh man. Um, so yeah, we were working for a, an audiobook. Production house a few years ago um, Called Spoken Word Inc And uh, we started You know figuring out that a lot of the books That we like to read um, And our friends like to read And writers that we love are writing You know they weren't being made in in audio Mm. Um, You know a lot of more strange stuff uh, Literary stuff from smaller houses um, And so You know just kind of asking ourselves You know why why aren't these books Why do not they representation in audio Important for you know um, you know, people with dyslexia and other, you know, you know, seeing, um, impaired. And so we figured, you know, let's give it a shot. Let's, let's record some of these, uh, these books from smaller houses. And, uh, yeah, people seemed to like it. Writers seemed to like it. And we started getting a lot of really positive feedback. Um, and so we just kind of kept making them. And then eventually we, we made talking book and broke off from the, uh, from that other organization we were working with and we turned it into a nonprofit. Yeah
2: And how long have you been around?
0: I don't know What would you say, Dave? I think like uh, In some shape or form Yeah, about a, Three years yeah, going maybe. on three yeah, years yeah. now That's yeah. great mm-hmm.
2: And um, I know you were saying People with dyslexia And also, you know Road trips I mean, just being able to hear Some of this literature That's Absolutely, not yeah. That's not commercially available Do you often have the writers um, Perform their own work? Or do you have other people Read their work? How do you handle that?
0: Yeah, uh, both You know, we, we uh, You know we try to do it any way we can. We'll have authors read their work. Uh, we'll have professional actors, narrators, combination of the two, you know, whatever, the best way to get the book done, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: There's something sometimes really magical about having authors read their own work. And um, that's what, you know, some of the reading series we go to, there's just something that's just a step above having that author perform and read their own work.
0: Yeah, I think that there's, that's very much kind of at the heart of why we started <coughs> excuse me started doing this was you know audiobooks have kind of a a you know split history one with the government creating the first audiobooks talking books um for you know people that could not see uh, mm-hmm. but also there's a rich literary history in in audiobooks um Places like Catamon Records that you know would record mm-hmm. famous authors of the time, Flannery mm-hmm. O'Connor and so mm-hmm. on. You know, yeah. Put yeah. It, Wallace p- Stevens, T.S. Eliot, right? Exactly, Dylan Thomas. Yeah, putting it on vinyl, and it was kind of this, uh, you know, experience that not everybody could go to New York and go to a reading. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and so it was it was something that was very necessary and very, I think, uh, integral to to literature itself, you know? Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, we wanted to definitely get back to that. So obviously we love that people don't have time, you know, to read print books so they can listen to audiobooks. That's awesome. But, you know, on top of that, paired with that, I think is this idea of audiobooks as a, as an, you know, an art in and of itself mm-hmm. and an important, you know, part of the, the, uh, the puzzle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Part of the canon. Right.
1: For, yeah. Mm-hmm. For, for major writers. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's still a curious thing. I mean, I'm, I had an aunt who was uh, had detached retinas, and so I got to know uh, about the you know the government sponsored and distributed audio books early on on cassettes, and you know they came in boxes of you know like. 15 cassettes or right. something like that for mm-hmm. uh, David Copperfield yeah. or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the readings were usually pretty flat. I mean, they were, you know, not works of art, shall we say. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Often, yeah. Most often, most often. Sometimes there were exceptional ones. Mm-hmm. but um, So, yeah, I, what you do is, seems to be a whole step beyond that in, in some ways. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean... Uh, I think you know, Dave. You can probably speak to this, but you know, we try to make not only the the end product part of what we do, but the recording process and experience. You know, it's a, in, you know for the for the author or the narrator, especially mm-hmm. the author. You know, there's I don't know. What do you think, Dave? There's something kind of magical about that recording experience. I think.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's 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 really something to um, <laughs> we. Uh, like last summer, we ended up recording a book called the Sarah Book um, mm-hmm. with uh, an author, uh, Scott McClanahan. Mm-hmm. and <clears throat> it was this really cool experience where we ended up spending like two weekends with him, mm-hmm. and uh, and we just got to hang out with him. When we were rec- when we weren't recording, we were just like kind of just hanging out and mm-hmm. you know going to different places and and stuff like that. But um, it, it it was really cool just to kind of. Uh, just I guess see him um just be very raw mm-hmm. and open with you know mm-hmm. you know everything like that and mm-hmm. and uh I think it really kind of came through in the recording mm-hmm. um just just how kind of vulnerable he was when he mm-hmm. was reading and everything like yeah. that so there's a real yeah. authenticity to it and I mm-hmm. think that kind of
1: comes across so what's your process when you have an author I mean uh especially one who comes to your studio what do you do to get them to get into them into their work um, well, your, I think,
3: your... I think always at the very beginning, it's always a rough start. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, just in the, yeah, just in the fact of, yeah, yeah just right, like yeah. even just headphones hearing themselves speaking and right. there's nothing else going on and everything like that. <laughs> but there's a, there's also a part where they kind of ease into it and, you know, start, um, getting, finding their voice basically. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the golden part. And that's where we start. Sometimes we'll go back and start a few times to where mm-hmm. they get to that point where, you know, they're comfortable and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and he usually delivers uh, an amazing product, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> I've said before to people, you know, you, reading a book, you know, is, is amazing, obviously. But there's nothing like oh. sitting and hearing the author that you love mm-hmm. reading the book mm-hmm. that they wrote. You know, oftentimes we're talking about the Sarah book, something that's, you know, happened. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. the, you're just lost in it. And it's, you know, heartbreaking and mm-hmm. wild. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's pretty fun. I think people like it. Yeah. 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 Um,
2: and then you have authors whose accents are so exquisite, you know, <laughs> you're talking about like Flannery O'Connor, but I'm sure you've also had authors that having them, whatever the accent is, read in their own work just creates that immersive experience for the for the listener. You
0: know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah. Like Scott, we were just talking about <laughs> um, from West Virginia or Nicole Brown, mm-hmm. who lives here in Nashville. She has a wonderful voice. Her, her, she, her voice yeah. and accent yeah. was wonderful. Yeah. She really she does. does. Yeah. 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 We actually have an excerpt of both of those books today. Oh, mm-hmm. good. good, moment good. Yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. Great.
1: Terrific. So do, do you like uh, just record in like an open studio like this? Do you isolate the author? What's your... um, so
3: we've we've gone back and forth between different things. At the time when we recorded Scott McClanahan and Nicole Brown, uh-huh. we were using a booth uh, uh-huh. set up. Uh-huh. And we've since uh, changed location. We're still at the moment kind of uh, building our studio. Uh-huh. So we'll see kind of what happens. But we actually um, like... Uh, you know, the idea of possibly just recording in a room too because it it feels less, like this feels more open and everything Mm -hmm. like that and very relaxed Mm -hmm. versus when you're in this isolation booth it feels a little isolated yeah. like yeah. you know so yeah i mean we've done yeah.
0: stuff we recorded here in asheville's echo mountain you know mm. beautiful yeah. facility yeah, mm-hmm. we've done stuff in a, a closet we've done stuff in <laughs> <a> stu- <laughs> stu- <laughs> <laughs> studios yeah. in new york like we it, it, we, it just depends like uh, god every book we've done is so different mm-hmm. but i think that no matter what if the person narrating whether it's the author and actor, you know sound engineer we're all there it's tight everyone's in the moment you know you can get a good book out of yeah. technology's crazy nowadays mm. you
4: know yeah, yeah yeah
0: so just yeah whatever works yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. awesome yeah.
1: yeah well shall we hear an ex- excerpt yes yeah what's uh what is this
2: what's up um, on tap first
0: why don't you play um yeah, you some know, something from uh the sarah book since we brought that up first it's uh
3: It's a very short clip. Very short clip. There's
0: like four clips in a row. We'll see which one comes up. I'm not sure what the interface is. is.
4: Twelve. Seven years passed after Sarah and I watched the play. Then one day I decided to go to the mall. I was working as a teacher and I decided to go to a restaurant in the mall and eat lunch. In the seven years since I last saw Sarah, I'd search for her number. She emailed me one time but I accidentally deleted her email without writing back. Then Tom passed and I went to the mall one day and I had a cheeseburger and a Diet Coke and then I ordered a beer. I drank my beer and then I wondered whether I should go back to work or not. But then I decided to do something else. I decided to go to the bookstore at the end of the mall. I paid for my food and I walked to the bookstore. And then I saw this woman coming out of a store and it was Sarah. She was carrying a bag from the store and then she saw me. I waved at her and I smiled and she smiled back at me. I walked over to her, and she held out her hand like she wanted me to shake it. Then we both laughed, and I gave her a hug. I told her I was working on Beckley now, and she said we should get together soon. So I asked for her number, and she gave it to me, 304-927-1312. So I wonder who she would be if I called that number tonight. Would she be the Sarah from long ago? And so this is a boring story about how I went to the mall one day and ordered a cheeseburger, and my life changed because I ordered a cheeseburger. I didn't know it then, but the story of our lives is the story of ordering cheeseburgers.
1: <laughs> Fascinating.
2: So our
5: our (laughs) listeners
2: can call that number. I'm assuming that he... I (laughs) I wonder if that's still his number. Uh,
0: I wonder. (laughs) Everyone at home, give it a shot. (laughs) Blow up his phone.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Now, how long was the... It was was that a lengthy memoir? Was it book length, or the yeah,
0: one we that one just heard? That, that novel was probably what six hours total. I think. Yeah, yeah. I think
3: it's it, it's you know size of a normal book. Yeah. Yeah. and uh, yeah. I think
0: a, a pretty pretty standard is you know usually on a perfect day three hours per one hour of finished mm. audio it mm-hmm. takes about to uh-huh. record uh-huh. Mm-hmm. three to one. Three to one is, yeah. a, is, a, is a healthier ratio. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. Done much had. Way more difficult productions, and, and some that were just flew by. I think. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. And the uh, Scott, the person we just heard, he he uh, he flew right through it. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, yeah, did did very well, and uh, um, even to the point where at, at the very last day we were recording. I mean, where you record, sometimes you have to turn off the AC and stuff like that, so there's right. no you know. Sure. Um, when, yeah. yeah yeah, and uh, so it was um, summertime, and he was in one of those you know booths. Uh-huh and uh it was really hot and we kept telling him like you know you can take a break you could take a break he wanted to finish it and by the time he had read the last line there was like you couldn't even there was a window but you couldn't even see inside of it because (laughs) it was so so (laughs) so steamed up and uh, he came out drenched in sweat but he like he did it and it was real it was so
1: real yeah Yeah. it was awesome yeah Yeah. awesome Yeah. 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 yeah yeah how big was your booth like three, oh, like gosh. Or
0: something. that booth there's been a couple, but i think uh-huh. the the one for this book was really just kind of a it was like a very fancy audio recording isolation booth, but uh-huh. probably only the size of a tall closet yeah it it was yeah. it could
3: it could fit in like maybe two people, but just comfortably i would say one uh-huh. yeah yeah <laughs> it was it was pretty small yeah yeah, yeah if you yeah. if
0: you have any kind of claustrophobic uh, problems, tendencies. It, would, <laughs> yeah. it definitely would be a peculiar. Yeah. But I think, yeah, I think for the next space that we're we're trying to build right now, um, in the in the new space we just moved into, like Dave said, something much more open, much mm. more comfortable, yeah. because yeah. we can tweak the sound and get the same sure. level. Yeah. The, the booth, you know, what the booth was great for was more so noise pollution, more than the, uh-huh. more than the sound of mm. the book itself. I think. Uh-huh. So yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff to mess around with.
1: Yeah, yeah. I remember Nicole saying uh, that she had never realized all the noise or clothes jangling <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: bracelets and yeah. necklaces I, and, yeah. yeah I felt bad when I was working with Nicole <laughs> because she would she would um, read something Beautifully, yeah. and I would have to stop her. would be like, "Sorry to call, like you're, you've been again. <laughs> Or like
0: stomach rumblings. Yeah, she right. had, oh, yeah. she had she'll she probably, had a big
3: issue with. She'll that. probably kill us now. For yeah, soon. yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're a stomach crumbles ever. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah, that's little things that you you know that, that that pop up that you have to listen for, and mm-hmm. and I think when when you're recording voice, um, it's just it's so bare mm. that any little thing you can hear, right. and and so you have to to be careful about those things and right. yeah, yeah
0: yeah so <laughs> awesome
2: well let's hear another clip let's hear another clip yeah. sure
0: why don't we play uh play nicole's since uh off of fanny Says. Yeah,
2: since we were just talking mm-hmm. about
6: it. how to dress like fanny don't carry a purse but a pocketbook and underneath don't wear a bra and panties, but a push-up Fredericks of Hollywood brassiere and a pair of bloomers. Nylon, always white, pulled up as far as bloomers can possibly go. For your shoes, two options. Should you need to go shopping or get your pressure checked, lace up a pair of white keds. Otherwise, it's house shoes Dust pink slippers curled from the dryer into tiny warm cups for your feet. Now, every day, every single day, wear the exact same top, a businessman's short sleeve, white. Buy three dozen of them, three sizes too big, cut the collars off, have them bleached bright, starched twice, and no sense in clasping more than two buttons at the top unless you're going out. Grandma's got to breathe. These are your button downs, the only thing worth hanging in your closet, and the only kind of shirt in thirty years you've worn since you got home, pulled that girdle and them stockings off, them high heels too, all that shit, and first put on one of Monroe's shirts. It was right comfortable, Fanny said. I never wanted to wear nothing else since. The other half of you isn't covered with pants and sure as hell don't mess with the skirt, but pulls on fluffies, soft cotton sweats, rolled up with all the elastic ripped out because skinny Fanny ain't so skinny no more. Now, you were young once. You remember being a kid in breeches, a pretty thing in capris, and grown on Sunday you wore slacks to Pleasant Grove, that same church where we grieved your body that had died 1,046 miles away. The pastor couldn't remember much. It had been so long since you sat fanning in the pew but he could tell the story of fanny and pants back when that's just not what women were allowed to do. Your slacks were pleated, pressed with the crease camel hair, and those slacks strolled toward the altar not because you were one for women's rights or your husband built that church with his own hands back in 63, but Baptist be damned. Them slacks just felt good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. There you yeah, have, it. There you have yeah. it. speaking of Nicole Brown. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Yeah, she's great. There's so many uh cool people present company included in this town that, you know, allows talking book to to do stuff like this, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like Nicole. Mm-hmm.
2: You know, it was interesting on your website. You noted that audiobooks are the fastest growing segment in publishing, and that's something that I would never have been aware of.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think with um, you know with smartphones, uh, companies like Audible, um, podcasts, mm-hmm. you know, there's definitely been um, a huge kind of movement. And that's another cool thing is that you know a lot of young people, you know, being attached to this technology, we, we kind of feel like, however, people are reading books ebooks, print sure. books, audio books. That's great. Mm. And so, you know, this is also helping get more people reading these books, you know. Yeah. And so, it, it's definitely been helpful.
5: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and that's especially uh, useful in terms of poetry, which is, you know, an, an oral sure. medium. Mm. Yeah, uh, really at heart.
0: It, it's yeah. it's it's cool you brought that up because uh yeah, poetry especially is something that is not oddly enough super Popular to produce yes. as audiobooks mm-hmm. right now, mm-hmm. and so we're trying to do as much as possible, you know, to to do our part because it obviously makes maybe the most sense out of everything mm-hmm. to be an audiobook, you know. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, yeah, mm. mm-hmm.
1: yeah, that's a, a nice clip of Nicole, by the way, and uh. Probably the only thing from the book that we could play on the air.
3: (laughs) Actually, yeah, yeah, hers and uh, the 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 one that played before, uh, Scott from the Sarah book. It was really hard trying to find something that was family friendly. (laughs) We were we
0: were first at first we were thinking like maybe bleep out curse words yeah, but then yeah. we were like that's silly it is, it's yeah. so silly when,
2: if someone said they were going to use a fu- I can't remember a really funny word like bread box every time they swore yeah. <laughs> and so they started doing that and the whole poem just sounded silly really.
5: so, uh,
1: too many bread boxes yeah too many yeah. bread boxes yeah. okay uh, yeah, mm. and if you were doing uh, some of the very interesting poems in, in, in Nicole's book, Fanny, it would be like bleep. I and mean, she said it,
3: bleep. bleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Right. It's coming from the
1: perspective of her her uh, grandmother. Right. So. right. Yeah, so. If you don't know that book, you should. Say, yeah, well, yeah. It's a yeah. Fabulous, yeah. fabulous book. Yeah, it's show. fantastic. Yeah,
0: go find that book at uh, talkingbook.pub. You can find it. There you go. Talkingbook.pub. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. And that was a product of the booth. Right. It was. Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So
0: the first two things you heard so far, those were both authors coming to us and recording in a booth. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we also do stuff in studios in other cities remotely. Um, you know, like I said, Echo Mountain, we've done some books. But mm-hmm. both of those, yeah, were the booth. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And how yeah. do you pick your authors? Is there a submission process? Do they come to you? Do you seek out authors?
0: Yeah. So, um, you know, for the most part, talking book, you know, a lot of people have helped in the past with, with what we've um, what we've done. But at the moment, and kind of uh, the core gang has been myself, Dave, who runs production, uh, my partner, Danny Harris, who does all the graphic design and stuff like that. Um, and so usually the way we find the books is, you know, just hearing about stuff coming out, mm-hmm. contacting publishers, you know, I've, I've, I went to, to New York uh a couple of times and tell a couple of times and just kind of, you know, the classic acquisitions editor thing yeah. makes, yeah. make yeah. some friends and, you know, people send us submissions from these publishers now know us. So before, you know, we're banging on people's doors and we're like, we're legitimate. We're a real thing. Please let us, mm-hmm. let us record a book. But now, you know, I think we've been around long enough that, you know, authors and publishers and agents actively send us manuscripts and, and stuff like yeah. that. And so, you know, yeah. we're a small operation. So, you know, you know, until we uh, until we grow a little more, we still you know don't do lots of books. Uh, we're trying to do more, but um, but yeah, people send us stuff all the time, and sometimes it's hard because we want to do more, you mm-hmm. know. But mm-hmm. just trying to figure out as long as it's from an independent house um, and you know work that we think is strong, and 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 uh, you know we'll, we'll we'll give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Though so you are do, you're doing work now for some
0: work for New Directions, is that? Yeah. Um yeah. <coughs> we just uh we released um some books with New Directions recently. We did three Clarice Lispector books. Huh. Um one of them I think you'll hear today, right? We brought a clip of Near to the Wild Heart. Y- yeah, yeah. Okay. We did um let's see, Henry Miller on Writing, um mm. Selected Poems of Lee Poe. Um what else? There's what am I forgetting here? Oh we did uh Oh, uh, Spring mm-hmm. oh, Spring and All. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, Spring and All. Yeah, that yeah. was cool. So, you know, usually we've done more contemporary work, uh-huh. uh, but we thought, you know, New Directions are one of our heroes, the reason right. we started this. Great house. And uh, so, yeah, I went there and I met with New Directions and, you know, went into their vault and kind of nerded out and smelled all their first editions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, they were r- really kind and, and, you know, let us work with them. And so that's kind of the first plunge into classic literary works by you know authors that are yeah. no longer with us and yeah. so you know for those obviously we used narrators yeah. mm-hmm. um cuz we right. couldn't find any kind of voodoo priestess to bring the authors back. <laughs> but uh, we tried we tried yeah. it was a try uh, so yeah that's been really cool yeah. mm-hmm. great awesome yeah
1: so uh what what you brought another clip from Did you bring a clip from one of those Yeah, the yeah. we brought
0: one by uh there's a what near to the Wildheart Yeah, since we that. just talked about that. Yeah, let's yeah. go ahead
3: and play uh that's uh, Rebecca Morris, local. She's a local
0: actor yeah. who narrated this book for us. Mhm.
7: Joanna's walk. I get distracted a lot, said Joanna to Ottavio. Just as the space surrounded by four walls has a specific value, provoked not so much because it is a space, but because it is surrounded by walls. Ottavio made her into something that wasn't her, but himself, and which Joanna received out of pity for both, because both were incapable of freeing themselves through love, because she had meekly accepted her own fear of suffering, her inability to move beyond the frontier of revolt. Besides, How could she tie herself to a man without allowing him to imprison her? How could she prevent him from developing his four walls over her body and soul? And was there a way to have things without those things possessing her? The afternoon was nude and limpid, without beginning or end. Light black birds flew distinct through the pure air, flew without a single human eye watching them. Far off, the mountain hovered, bulky and closed. There were two ways of looking at it, imagining that it was far away and big in the first place, in the second, that it was small and near. But at any rate, a stupid, hard, brown mountain. How she hated nature sometimes. Without knowing why, it struck her that this last thought, together with the mountain, concluded something, thumping the table with an open palm, there, heavily, The green-gray thing sprawling inside Joanna like a lazy body, thin and rough, deep inside her, entirely dry, like a smile without saliva, like sleepless, listless eyes, the thing confirmed itself before the unmoving mountain. What she couldn't grasp with her hand was now glorious and tall and free, and trying to sum it up was useless, pure air, summer afternoon, because there had to be more than that a useless victory over the leafy trees, a nothing-to-do of all things. Oh, God. That, yes, that. If God existed, he would surely have deserted that suddenly, excessively clean world, like a house on Saturday, quiet, dustless, smelling of soap. Joanna smiled. Why did a waxed, clean house make her feel lost as if she were in a monastery, forlorn, wandering its corridors? And a lot of other things that she also observed. If she could bear pressing ice to her liver, for example, she was run through by faraway, sharp sensations, by luminous, fleeting ideas. And then, if she'd had to speak, she'd have said, sublime, with outstretched hands, her eyes closed perhaps. Anyhow, I get distracted a lot, she repeated. She felt like a dry branch sticking out of the air, brittle, covered in old bark. Maybe she was thirsty, but there was no water nearby. And above all, the suffocating certainty that if a man were to embrace her at that moment, she would feel not a soft sweetness in her nerves— but lime juice stinging them, her body like wood near fire, warped, crackling, dry. She couldn't soothe herself by saying, This is just a pause. Life will come afterwards like a wave of blood washing over me, moistening my parched wood. She couldn't fool herself because she knew she was also living, and that those moments were the peak of something difficult, of a painful experience for which she should be thankful almost as if she were feeling time outside herself, in a detached manner. "'I noticed you like walking,' said Otavio, picking up a twig. "'As a matter of fact, you liked to even before we were married.' "'Yes, very much,' she answered. "'She could give him any old thought, "'and in so doing created a new relationship between them. "'This was what she most liked to do in the company of others.' She wasn't obliged to follow the past and with one word could invent a course of life. If she said, I'm three months pregnant, presto, something would come to life between them. Though Otavio wasn't particularly stimulating. With him, the next best thing was to connect with what had already happened. Even so, under his spare me, spare me gaze, she would open her hand from time to time and let a little bird dart out. Sometimes, however, perhaps due to the nature of what she said, no bridge was created between them, and on the contrary, an interval was born. "'Otavio,' she'd suddenly say to him, "'has it ever occurred to you that a dot, a single dot without dimensions, is the utmost solitude? A dot cannot even count on itself. As often as not, it is outside itself.' as if she had tossed a hot coal at her husband. The phrase flipped about, wriggling through his hands until he rid himself of it with another phrase, cold like gray, gray to cover the interval. It's raining, I'm hungry, it's a beautiful day. Perhaps because she didn't know how to play, but she loved him, that way of picking up twigs of his. She breathed in the warm, clear afternoon air, and the part of her that needed water was still tense and stiff like someone waiting blindfolded for a gunshot. Night came, and she continued breathing at the same sterile pace. But when the pre-dawn light lit the bedroom softly, things emerged fresh from shadow. She felt the new morning insinuating itself between the sheets and opened her eyes. She sat up in bed, Inside her, it was as if death didn't exist, as if love could weld her, as if eternity were renewal.
1: So that was a fascinating piece, too. And that was done with a voice actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that was done with a local actor, Rebecca Morris. Shout uh-huh. out. Shout out to Rebecca Morris. Mm-hmm. Oh, reasoning. yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Very nicely done. Yeah. And was that a booth or was that like like a more open studio? That was a booth, too. Yeah, right? that, was record- that was recording in the booth. In yeah, yeah. the booth, yeah, also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice piece. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she
3: was, uh, she was somebody that we, uh, at, at, at a time we were kind of holding auditions and stuff in town and just, uh, kind of getting some of the, uh, local talent kind of just coming out to mm-hmm. see like, um, you know, uh, just basically, you know, if people wanted to do this and if, you know, they were good at it and everything like that. And mm-hmm. she was one of the people that just kind of shined. Like she'd never done it before, but she just had a great voice. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, we worked with her on this and it was really cool. And knows how to read. And yeah, yeah, to yeah, it's gotta, it's, yeah. It's got to. Yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be a few different things because yeah. we, we have actually worked with people not naming any names or anything like that, but that have fantastic voices, yeah. but not so great in like the reading department. Or yeah. Whatever. So yeah. it's got to be. Yeah, you have to have all those. Uh, all those. Boxes checked. Right? I mean, yeah, we've yeah, even right.
0: had authors that you know, it's their work. Yeah, right. but, mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yes. oh, we've had some of those. we, we had yeah.
5: them on the radio. Yeah.
0: We won't name any names, and you can't do any editing guess no. it's live. Like, yeah, no. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just, yeah, just the sheer stamina involved in uh, you know, even if you can have a clean read for the first ten minutes, you know, yes. yeah, go an hour later and see how it sounds. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. Mm-hmm. Right.
3: Yeah. 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 and we found, as far as stamina goes, that we. uh Like, three hours is kind of the sweet spot to, like, not make anybody go too, you know, Mm -hmm. much longer than that because, um, number one, they start to kind of lose that spark, but also you kind of run the risk at some point of losing your voice. So when we would have authors come, uh, from out of town... We uh, basically had a very limited time to where we would be able to record them, like a weekend or something like that. Sometimes for <laughs> a few weekends, and so we couldn't risk them having an entire day where they can't speak. Yes. So, like, <laughs> so yeah, it's this kind of uh, juggle, kind of, you know, trying to find the right balance of that. So, well,
0: lots of tricks of the trade. You had your apple cider vinegar. You got your yeah. yeah. We learned a lot. Yeah. We learned a lot. Throat, yeah. You got your throat spray. You got yeah. if you if you have uh, the, you start smacking your lips yeah. you eat an apple there's a lot yeah. of little little yeah. fun just
2: like things. singers yeah
0: same <laughs> singer. yeah, yeah. Have you ever yeah. studied voice Yeah, same mm-hmm. thing yeah. Same mm-hmm. stuff yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> and you also have um a talking book has an online magazine as
0: yeah. well yeah uh-huh. yeah so that's uh slash uh, the uh t h e so the talking book kind of is what it's called <laughs> it's <laughs> it's a place where you know we publish fiction or poetry we do you know readings and Sometimes, you know, maybe a new book's coming out that we're not necessarily producing the audio for, mm-hmm. but you know, it's, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> a publisher that we love or a writer we mm-hmm. love and we'll have an excerpt of the book and a, a recording of, of the author reading a piece of it, you know, just to, just kind of help even a little more and try to get stuff out there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So Great. yeah, if, uh, if you want to hit us up about that, you can email us at, uh, submit at talkingbook.pub great okay. we've also great. got a podcast i don't know if that was that was put on yeah let's that. talk about that a bit sure. yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's a podcast too um it's called the talking book podcast big surprise <laughs> <laughs> uh, we thought, pod for seeing a, uh,
2: <laughs> yeah. a theme here a <laughs> the, na- the nomenclature <laughs> of yeah, things. A little
0: <laughs> theme. we just thought you know it makes sense to use the name of the company for everything would yeah. be crazy yeah. you know? yeah. but uh yeah so we you know that on that just interview authors that you know we've worked with for the most part uh have a chat, more of a chat really, conversation. Then we'll play an excerpt from the book or do a reading. Um, yeah, you can get that on iTunes or SoundCloud or Stitcher Radio or whatever.
3: Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's it's been really cool to because uh, Chris does most of them by himself, um, where he'll just uh, basically call somebody and just have that kind of conversation, you know, over the phone type yeah. thing, and usually about like a forty-five minute to an hour chat or something like that. But it's been cool just for me because I'm editing it just to hear yeah. like. Because I, um, you know, and, and uh, some of the books we're doing, uh, we're getting the, um, you know, the author isn't reading them. We're having, we're having other people narrate it. Right. So sometimes I don't know actually that much about the author. Like, you know, like when I'm I'm just working with a narrator or something sure. like that. So it's really cool to hear... Um, the you know after hearing the book or being immersed in that hearing like the narrator excuse me the author mm-hmm. just the guy behind the you know the words right. just like basically just hearing mm-hmm. yeah
0: narrative. we just uh, we just released a book called um blood-soaked buddha hard earth pascal by noah cicero and he lives in um in vegas and uh you know you know we decided just for travel purposes and time uh we used the narrator for it uh sarah Morsi, who's great um and so that's a good example. We just did an episode with him in the podcast. That book just came out. That's a nonfiction book about kind of a everyday, simple, authentic Buddhism. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, he's a poet and a novelist, but that's the first book he did like that. But that's a good example, right? Because you heard him talking about blood-soaked Buddha, mm-hmm. and it was kind yeah. of interesting. Yeah,
3: yeah. I fell in yeah. love with that book. And just <laughs> kind of, um, after hearing that conversation, it's just so much wisdom from yeah. that guy. Like, yeah. It's
1: yeah. fantastic. Yeah. yeah. What's that title again?
0: It sounded really... Blood-soaked Buddha, Hard-Earth Pascal. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. It's a wild book. Uh, yeah. Definitely one of my favorite things we've done in our oh, while. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We brought a little clip of that one. Too oh,
2: let's hear that. One. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Narrated by Sarah Morsi.
8: Mental chatter. We have thoughts. This ticker of information zipping in our minds all day. We are taught that all thoughts matter that every piece of info our minds shoot at us is real and that we have to be concerned with everything. We are taught that our ruminations matter, but they don't. We have thoughts in case we need one. We have hands in case we need to pick something up. We have feet in case we need to walk. We have eyes in case we need to look at something. We have ears in case we need to hear something. The mind is part of our body, just like the other parts. The mind doesn't need to be used all the time. The following is how we often use the mind in a terrible way. It is a nice, boring hour with friends. Everyone decides to go to a store and get corn dogs. Everyone is smiling and happy. You look at the corn dog in your hand and it triggers a memory of your dead grandpa that you loved very much. You become sad, stop laughing and start saying miserable things to everyone, ruining the hour for everyone. You do this because you view every piece of mental chatter as important, but really you could have let the thought of your grandpa go through your head and continued on with new thoughts. Instead, You chose to dwell on the grandpa corndog memory, ruining the good time you were having with your friends. There was another alternative. You could have smiled and secretly thought about the fun times you had with grandpa before mentally returning to the situation at hand. Our brains are made of meat. Our brains have no interest in facts. Our brains just shoot thoughts out, hoping they help you get around so you don't get into major accidents. This is a brain's primary focus. You are driving, trying to get to a new place. Your brain says, a right on Sahara Avenue and then a left at Valley View Street. Then it should be on your right. You are on a first date. Okay, comb your hair, put on a nice shirt... Which shirt is the best? Okay, the purple looks good. I'll wear the purple one. You are at work. The store sold 45 bags of chips last week. The week before, it sold 50. I'll order 53 bags this week. Thoughts concerning partner. My partner just got a raise at work. I want to celebrate this in some way because they worked hard and I love them. I'll take them to a movie and dinner on Thursday when we both have the day off. Or creative thoughts. I think this painting should have more gray. Gray would bring out the blues. Those are thoughts that lead to concrete happenings and reality. Those thoughts correspond with reality. Reality is being mirrored in the mind of the agent. Then the agent makes the thoughts into reality. Thoughts that don't matter. Imagining your ex having sex with their new partner. Thinking about your death when you are 22 and in perfect health. Like even thinking about what song should be played at the funeral. Daydreaming about becoming a rock star. Even though you know you will never join a band because you either don't play an instrument or have self-esteem issues you have no plan of ever getting over. Insanely complex thoughts about how you are going to one-up somebody at work. Complex conspiracy theories on how the world is personally finding ways to make sure your life is horrible. Remembering someone that died. Focusing all your thoughts on the dead person. Crying all the time about it instead of participating in the lives of the people around you. Ruminating on personal failures that happened years ago, and no one even remembers. Ruminating on how your parents were unloving, but you are 40 and live thousands of miles from your parents. Ruminating about money and bills. If you can't pay your bills, you can't pay them. If you can pay them, it takes like five minutes to write a check. There is no need to think about money for longer than five minutes. I guess you could write out a budget. But how long does that take? Twenty minutes. These thoughts aren't real. Let these thoughts pass through the head. Pass right through. Don't even wave at them. Don't even look at these thoughts. Your brain is just shooting thoughts out. The fun of life is not found in thoughts. Most of your thoughts are misery. The joy of life is found in full-body experience. That is why swimming or being in nature or having sex is so much fun. These are full-body experiences. When a person is in the forest, all five senses are delighted. They're getting exercise, hearing birds and squirrels, seeing beautiful rock formations and trees. They feel soft breezes hit their skin, smell trees instead of car exhaust and garbage. Their whole body is in it, delighting in it. When you are swimming, your whole body is experiencing the water. Bodies love to float and wiggle around in water. When you're having sex, your whole body is enthused. The sight of naked bodies, the smell of your lover, your sense of taste, tongues wiggling around on the person you love, whole bodies moving, crashing into each other. The body delights. Create your own version of these experiences. I know people who love archery, people who love basketball or soccer or rock climbing or acting. Personally, my body delights in nature, swimming and sex, and these activities require paying almost no attention to my thoughts. The mental chatter in my mind is very low on the list of priorities when I hike or swim or have sex. My intuition is being used. My body is being used. I'm just having fun. How many people are there that destroy the simple fun events of life with mental chatter? Maybe you are one of them. Instead of enjoying nature, they bring all their ruminations about life to the trail. Instead of peacefully hiking, they start racing up the mountain trying to one-up you and the other hikers. Instead of enjoying sex, they bring all these weird anxieties into it, or try to turn it into a porn video they once saw, instead of just enjoying the thrill of being naked and together. When we are obsessed more with our thoughts than real life, it is misery, not only for you but for everyone around you. How are you going to have fun and participate in reality if you won't let go and enjoy what is happening around you. Your thoughts aren't reality. They are just blah, 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 blah. If you let go of all the miseries, if you make it through the dark night, you one day end up eating a sandwich. The sandwich falls apart. You smile and put the sandwich back together. You finish the sandwich, then sit there giggling. And if
2: you're just tuning in, we're having a conversation with Talking Book, and they are an audio nonprofit audio book publishing house.
0: That's right, right here in Nashville. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, great work. Yes, right. Enjoy the the, the Buddhism piece. That's very mm-hmm. yeah yeah. So that straightforward. Yeah, yeah.
0: That that book's by Noah Cicero, who's uh you know he's a pretty celebrated uh you know poet and novelist and the uh, kind of indie lit scene. Um. Uh, but that you know that book is nonfiction, obviously. Blood, Soak, mm-hmm. Buddha Heart with Pascal, and uh, that was a really interesting book, just because um, you know it's about just the very simple kind of Buddhist teachings that people should be you like. know kind of considering in their everyday yeah, life da- and daily uh, practice, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, you yeah. Know, useless mental chatter just driving everybody <laughs> insane. <laughs> you know? uh, so that, that was a really cool book, kind of. Definitely helped my life. Out oh yeah, too. me too. Yeah, it was very
3: powerful. For, powerful for me, and it was kind of my first. My I guess my introduction to uh, Buddhism is just more than just like a word or a concept. Like mm-hmm. I mean, just um, just yeah, and it, and it just feels really uh, like it's. I don't know. It's just it's just something that anybody can uh, kind of understand just right from the get go. It's it's mm-hmm. just explained very well. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Terrific. Yeah. Well,
0: uh, what have you got coming up? Um, So, yeah, we've got a couple of books coming out soon. We have um, House of Incest by Anais Nin coming out. Oh, another classic. Yeah, another classic. Yeah. Uh, We're doing that with the Anais Nin Foundation, which is really cool. They've been awesome. Mm -hmm. And uh, what else do we have coming out? Do they have any audio of Anais Nin? There are some. um, I think probably just like some of the more well-known we've mm-hmm. this is our going to be our third and I and because we've teamed up with the foundation oh, we yeah. did awesome. little birds a collection of her erotica uh Spy in the house of love Spy in the house of oh, love yeah, yeah, yeah that was narrated yeah. by ashville's own marcianne hanneman uh and then we have uh we have this book uh, house of incest that's done by sophia willingham who's an actor uh and she sounds great yeah yeah mm-hmm.
1: great terrific yeah well so how can people get more involved or you know find out more about talking book
0: yeah so um You can go to talkingbook.pub That's talkingbook.pub You can listen to the podcast Download it on uh, iTunes uh, You know, subscribe to it You can uh, email us At uh, submit at talkingbook.pub You know, we're um, a 501c3 nonprofit And um, we... uh, You know, we're really doing fundraising and trying to find people who want to collaborate with Mm -hmm. us, authors, publishers, Mm -hmm. you know, donors that just want to get involved and help make this, you know, Western North Carolina literary mission, you know, more, more of a thing here. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, just reach out to us, find us, start a conversation. We'll get some coffee or whatever and, you know, Mm -hmm. make something.
2: Great. Yeah.
0: Excellent.
2: Yeah. So community, if you're looking for a great nonprofit to support, here's
0: one. Yeah. Come hang out with us.
1: Excellent. Excellent. Well, thanks so much for coming in today, guys. Yeah, of course. Thanks so much for having us on. It was super fun. Have you back. Yeah, Yeah, we many times. Awesome, totally, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. awesome.
0: Okay, so that was it. That was us on 103.3 Asheville FM on Wordplay. If you want to see more shows like that from these fine people, they're a nonprofit too. Go to AshevilleFM.org. Uh, and also, yeah, us talking book. We're a nonprofit, and we just released a few books. We released Anais Nin, House of Incest, which was narrated by Sophia Willingham. We just released Alex Higley's Old Open. We released uh, what else? did We just we uh, we did uh, what else? Blood Soaked Buddha Heart with Pascal Noah Cicero. Animals Eat Each Other. El Nash. We got the Garbage Times and White Ibis coming out by Sam Pink soon. so there's some stuff happening. There's some stuff going on. Um, thanks for hanging out. I'm glad you like the radio show that that me and Dave were on. Um, you know, we're very famous now, so feel free to book us um, if you'd like to to book us. Contact our agents or our managers. The, we'd be happy to be booked if you'd like to book. You could talk and book. Um, it's not funny. But uh, anyway, thanks so much for listening. See you next time. Thanks, everybody. I like you.
5: Like a bishop who has forsaken sympathy, chasing sister squares, I was lit. Before I knew That you were there Like an angel Who has Forsaken Certainty Sleeping In the square I was lit. I knew The store was packed